You're listening to Our Two Cents with the team from SGL Financial, building wealth for life. Steve Lewitt is the president of SGL Financial, and Gabriel Lewitt is the CEO. They're here to discuss all the latest in financial news, trends, strategies, and more. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Our Two Cents. This is Gabriel Lewitt and Stephen Lewitt uh, welcoming you back to, guess what? It's our 99th episode. Is it really? It is. Wow, 99. Producer Katie said you guys have to remember you're almost to 100. So we need, Katie, we need a special celebration next we'll, week we'll of some to, kind. We'll have to come up with something really good for you for our 100th episode, guys. Fire, can you do fireworks through a podcast? I think you could make firework-like sounds. Boom. Yeah. That okay. Wow. Something. We'll, well folks, we're going to try to brainstorm for you here so we can think of what would be really special and cool for our 100th episode. But mo- most importantly, just want to say thank you for being with us for 99. You're reading my mind. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your following, for your comments, for your business or potential business. Uh, really appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. And so today I think we've got a good show for you. Naturally, it's probably going to be focused a little bit on the market because Why? Why, Gabriel? Is there anything happening it in the market? It seems to be seems to be very um, active <laughs> right now in a challenging way and it's very top of mind for folks and look, we don't want to ever sound like we're uh, sounding the alarm because we're not and we'll talk about that here, but we also want to make sure that we're you know, focusing on what's important to you and what's top of mind for you, which in many cases is you well, know being blasted by the news right now about the market being down. To be candid, uh, Gabriel, I don't know if I'm saying this the right way, but folks, we're not terribly concerned about the market, even if it goes down, because we know long term it's going to go up. We're more concerned that you're concerned about the market and how we can answer your questions and give you some peace of mind because frankly nobody likes losing money of course yeah that's i mean number one let's let's just state that again nobody likes what the market is doing right now nobody likes seeing their portfolio down people i talked to someone the other day that says i lost all my gains that i had in 2021 you know that they gained and you know that's that's a tough feeling when you see that and it's natural to get a little bit uh, concerned and a little bit worried. And uh, to be fair, we haven't seen a market like this in a long time. And it's it's interesting because you and I were talking a lot about this, probably on previous episodes, about how 13 years of a bull market is a long time. And people tend to uh, have short-term memory when it comes to the market. And they forget that volatility like this is very uh, historically very common. Well, the 10 years prior to that 13 years <laughs> were two market crashes. Right. And over bigger that, than this one so far. Right. Much and, bigger. And, at the, and during that period, the, the uh, S&P was broke even. So nobody made any money during that time. Yeah. So. So, so as a quick recap, guys, I mean, the market, especially in the last week or two, has taken a, quite a bit of a acceleration downwards. And year to date, the S&P is down, I think, as of yesterday, closing around 17%. I think it hit eight. Hey, um, Katie, can you go to yahoofinance.com? Finance.yahoo.com. Uh, uh, Finance.yahoo.com. Yeah. Let's just take a look. I didn't look yeah, this I think morning. Yeah, I think it was 17%. We'll, yeah. we'll confirm that for you. Yeah. And then the, um, you got to, yeah, hold on one second. Katie, you got to type in into the quote there, GSPC. That'll be what you need. There we go. All right, and all... let's, folks, let's uh, keep you in suspense here for a second and then click um, year to date over there, Caitlin, 
in the church. YTD. YTD. In that little church. Folks were giving a lesson on how to find out <laughs> how much you lost. And then click uh, click full screen. Yeah. There, yeah, there you go. There, there it is. There it and is. you're going to have to click a uh, comparison over there. It'll then show you the percentages. I hope you're following all these instructions, folks. And then just click NASDAQ. Yeah, there you go. And hit save. Okay, so here we go, guys. The S&P closed yesterday. Um, click year-to-date again, Katie, just to be sure. 16.6%. Oh. Okay, suspense so, was there. So it we were got, close. It actually got a little Came up. Yeah, it was better. down below 17 at one but point. It just was... Close to bear market territory. Yep, very close. And the NASDAQ is down 26.1% Amazing. so far this Amazing. year. And so, guys, uh, bonds as well. If you look at bonds, they were down 10% year now, to date. You know, the history of bonds, like in our portfolio, the history of bonds, the worst year was 2008. Our portfolio lost 4.2%, and our bond portfolio is down 7 or 8 so, you know, we, it, all of our portfolios are actually, if I can compliment ourselves a little bit, it's kind of like the silver lining around the cloud is doing a little better than the market is doing. They're told they're holding up pretty good. Well, and we'll talk about that here with some, we've got some listener questions. Yeah, I was thinking about, about that. Yeah, yeah, about how to position portfolio, things we've been hearing from clients and a couple emails that have come in. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about what we do. So we want to dive a little deeper into some of the questions we're hearing right now about the market and how to approach these things. But keep in mind, guys, that as, as difficult as these numbers can look like, uh, especially uh, if you've got a good plan, you know, you, you, you don't want to make any emotional, quick decisions, okay? You don't want to take a very disciplined approach here. You want to pay uh, attention to research and data and science and guidance and make sure you're making wise, rational decisions in light of difficult times, not quick emotional decisions. Hmm. Is one of the the nice. first first keys to market uh, markets. <laughs> is markets to being market what, is to not what? make emotional decisions. I had no idea what you were saying. <laughs> is to market being market? Is markets to, being the market. Oh, the market does the market. Yeah, bar the market is the market. Yes, right. Yes, okay. that's what I'm saying. Markets oh. are doing what markets do. Yes, which is this up and, and down. Down. Right. <laughs> they giveth and taketh. Yes. Okay, so, so what are some of the questions we're hearing, and then we'll position some of, you might be thinking some of the very same things here. Uh, first question that we've been getting quite a bit of is, um, you know, what should I do to my portfolio right now? Okay, and more, many of these are from uh, potential clients of ours, because if you're a client of ours already, uh, most likely you've, we've positioned your portfolio in a way. So the quick answer to that is is number one, uh, what do you have today, right? And w where is your personal performance in relation to what the market as a whole is doing? Are you very aggressive? Were you in all bonds? Uh, so that's a hard one to answer generally. Uh, so I'll, I'll answer it uh, in a way that make it makes sense to most folks, which is first understand what you have today. And you've got to get a good sense of what your diversification mix is, what kind of uh, risk you have still, because the market may not, be done going downwards. There could be additional risk exposure. Uh, so it all starts by getting a good sense of where you are today to make a determination as to what to do next. Right. And, you know, Gabriel, when you say diversification, that means a lot of things to a lot of people. Uh, and you, you phrase it nicely, uh, lightly diverse. Do you say lightly diversified? Yes. Versus yes. totally heavily, heavily yeah, diversified. Heavily diversified. Mm -hmm. Most folks have a lightly diversified portfolio, which is good. 
but more diversification is a big payoff in a down and up market because you don't miss any asset classes mm-hmm. when they improve. Yes? Yes. Okay. And, and so I think a, a good thing, once you know what's in your portfolio, let's say I'm just going to use some examples. Let's say you're very bond heavy. Well, you were probably bond heavy for a reason. So should you make big changes to that? That's a that's a you know a hard question to answer on the fly. Really, I'd say the answer is uh, where does that fit inside your plan? You know, you and I always talk about time horizons. If you have an account, let's say I'm just gonna give a general example. If you have an account that's down, and you know the market's down at a discount, and it's a very long term bucket of money or an account that you're not gonna touch for a long time, you might even consider just hear me out, actually reallocating that slightly more aggressively if you have the stomach for a a little bit more downside risk that could occur, knowing that over the long term you're buying stocks in at a discount. Mm-hmm. That's called okay. a little bit of market timing, isn't it? Well, no, it's no. So market timing is more, I think, when you get out and get back in. We'll talk about that because that's one of the other questions. But if you know that markets are down, right, the the highs always get reachieved in the oh, future. Oh, I see. Yeah. So right? so then if uh, you, so, you switch some bonds. Let's say ten percent of your bonds mm-hmm. into equities. Understanding that the market could go down further, a little further, right? We don't when, know, but when it recoups next year, two next years, year, three years, you'll enjoy that, and then when it recaptures, it's where it's going to go. Then you rebalance back to your original Correct. portfolio. Correct. Got yes, it. and okay. so you know, folks, you you want to be very you know cognizant of what you're doing if you do that. But the idea is, you know, what what do they always say about when you buy stocks? What's the rule? You want to buy them. I think you want to buy them low. Buy them low. And, and then you high. want to sell them high, yes. So if you know that they're lower or on discount, right, it's not a bad idea, depending on your risk tolerance and your and your plan, to actually reallocate slightly more aggressively into more stocks than you were to capture some of that recovery. Exactly. Like we've moved some of our clients from 100% bonds into a 30-70, which is 30% equity and 70% bonds, mm-hmm. so that we capture some of this upside. And that'll recoup some of the losses. It, it might take you a year or two years because we don't know the exact time frame of the recovery. But uh, in general, that that could be a way to capture some of your gains back. Now, if you don't have the stomach to take more risk because you have a lot of bonds, which means you're pretty conservative, then... The uh, think about it this way: when when the mar- when the bond market declines, why? Because interest rates are rising. Mm-hmm. But those interest rates create opportunity uh, later in the year. So as the bonds improve, as uh, portfolio man our portfolio managers or your portfolio manager get out of the old bond positions into newer positions at the higher interest rates, you might see an improvement in the bond portfolio later in the year or next year. Correct. Yep. So you can just sit and hold it and let, yeah. let the manager do its thing. And so so we can't give you pers- personal uh, advice here because we don't know who you are listening and exactly where you are. But that's just one example of what you want to do. Review your asset allocation. Now, if you're in all stocks, uh, it's a little bit different. If you're in all stocks already, you maybe you could diversify into uh, different stocks. Uh, we wouldn't recommend you know selling out and going to cash. We'll talk about that in just one second. But uh, generally, you know that's why you you just want to avoid selling if you can. You know those stocks when they're down uh, to fund different things, whatever it may be. Yeah. So maybe you put that uh, you know house renovation on hold for a year if you were planning on selling stocks when they were high. 
Uh, so ultimately, the answer to what to do to your portfolio, very personal, very dependent on your plan. Uh, part of what we do as advisors is help guide you through that. And so if you do have questions on that, you know, we're here for you to give, give us a call. We can help uh, chat through those options with you on that one. You bet. Okay, so second question we, uh, not too often, but we do get from a, a couple of folks is, uh, sh- should I, I'm, I'm worried the market's going to go down further than it has already. Should I sell to cash? Uh, I'm worried there's a recession. Uh, should I go to cash and ride this thing out in cash? And, and Gabriel, that's a legitimate uh, concern because if you look at the state of, uh, you know, we've got Ukraine going on, we've got interest rates rising, we've got 8% inflation, we've got China that's bottling up uh, supply chains. Uh, that's a legitimate concern. This market could, uh, I read a piece by Morgan Stanley, uh, who is very negative on the market. By the way, Half the pundits are negative and half the pundits are positive. Well, you know, more funny than that, as a quick side note, <laughs> we do a market forecast in the beginning of the year where we just show all the big investment banks' forecasts. <laughs> our, our forecast yes. is just showing the hundreds of conflicting forecasts. Yeah, we had 500 conflicting forecasts. It, and I just read something the other day that all the big banks are revising their forecasts. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's funny, right? I mean... Their forecasts yes, yeah. were so wrong that they're now, oh, we're yeah. just revising them. It's like, it's not going to rain. Oh, it's raining. I think okay. I need to revise my weather report. Yes, I, I think so. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Good idea. But, um, yeah, so it, it can be very tempting. I think tempting might be the word. I've used this analogy before, you know, Odysseus. I think it's Odysseus, right? Oh, my gosh. Katie, is it Odysseus that's traveling on the boat past the island with the sirens calling to him? I I think it is. Yeah. Well, going to cash are those sirens, mm-hmm. right? Come to me, right? Wah, uh, you'll be wah. safe over here. Um, I'll be the siren. <laughs> wah, wah. And well, I don't think it's a it's a woman, oh. not a <laughs> like a siren. Siren. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, it's a nobody lo- wants it's, to. It's the call of love, actually. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's tempting. Why, Dad? Why is it tempting? Hey, uh, I can. I can, it's tempting for two reasons. I don't want to lose any more money. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just going to get out. You know, when something hurts, what do you do? You want to make the pain go away. Yep. And, you know, you get a little boo-boo, you put a Band-Aid on it and fix <laughs> it up. So we're trained habitually to fix any pain we have to get rid of it. Yeah, get away from it. And the other is secretly, even though the data says we can time the market, secretly everybody thinks they can. Yeah, secretly you're thinking, well, if I get this, if I sell this now and the market does go down, I'm going to find exactly at the bottom where it is. I'm going to buy right back in. Uh, well, we're going to unpack that in a second. Yeah. Doesn't always work that way. Yeah. Uh, so that's the that's the challenge. That's the call of the the siren there that's drawing to you. And the, I think the other interesting thing is uh, there's this misconception from folks out there, uh, some some people, not all, that advisors, professional advisors, should always be doing something in a down market, like selling the cash or buying winners. So we don't get that many. People that are, I mean, we get people that are concerned, but not, I don't know how to put it. Not, they're not like aggravated or no, worried. No, no, no. They're just concerned. <laughs> I got an email. It was, was very challenging, actually, from a very nice client. Said, what are you doing in my portfolio <laughs> to protect my assets? You know, and it was like bowls like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you want to tackle that? The portfolio is built 
to protect your assets. The plan and the portfolio. And the plan and the portfolio. The portfolio is built to work in up markets and down markets. It is built to do that. that. doesn't mean it's not going to go down. And, okay. and, and so I think that's a, a misconception that uh, is sometimes out there. It, and it even goes against your our own thinking, right? We know the markets are going to go down, but we still think that maybe our advisor has some magic sauce to completely predict the market and avoid any downturns and then make magic moves that gets us out of the market right at the exact time and gets us back in right at the exact time. Well, that's time. what people selling they can do. And they, they can do it once in a while, which, you know, but that, you can't sustain that. So it's not a buy and hold strategy. A lot of people think, well, oh, you're just buying and holding. There are tweaks inside the portfolio, especially in a down market when you do tax loss harvesting uh, and make other changes in the portfolio. But Basically, if you have a well-running car, if your car is like, man, this thing is humming, and you happen to meet, uh, come to a day when it's, you know, the storms, and you got to go slow, and it's not, you can't use the engine so fast, and you're slipping and sliding on the road, do you go sell your car? Hmm. No, you don't. You let it, you let it run, because uh, if it's good, it's good. It's good in good markets and good in down markets. I got, a, I, I got an interesting inquiry the other day. Uh, well, it was yesterday when a person said to me, wrote in and said, you know, I can, I can do the same thing with, by using Fidelity funds or, or Vanguard funds that you guys do in your portfolios, and I don't see why it's worth the fee. And, and it's a naive statement. You can't. Uh, we have 22 different asset classes that are specially put together in different sequences and, and percentages that make this thing hum like a, uh, you know, like a, a, a top-notch. Well, you want to uh, know the, you want to know the other thing that folks, uh, you know, individual investors can't do. We have in most of our medium to larger size and up portfolios, a a big slice, five to ten percent of a portfolio in alternatives. That's correct. And these alternatives uh, are actually up on the year. Many of them, some uh, some are neutral, some are down a little but they're reacting very differently than stocks and bonds. And one of the reasons I say you can't do this on your own is some of the minimums on these funds, these alternative funds, are $2.5 million. And, of course, we can access those through institutional size and leverage to get those to apply to individual portfolios as small as 100000 And good ones are hard to find. Like, we, like if you try to find an ETF alternative that's a good fund, there's nothing out there we would well, buy. And you have to really do your due diligence on alternatives which our investment committee has done. And so, so Dad, I think, Could you know... Could you just say quickly what an alternative is? Alternative is something, for example, a, a reinsurance fund, okay, a fund of companies that reinsure other companies. Uh, you've got uh, real uh, assets like farmland, timber. Uh, you've got, uh, to some extent, REITs, not really. Uh, those are more trend, mainstream. Trend following. Trend following, momentum following. Mm-hmm. Uh, managed futures. Uh, there's all these different uh, com- alternatives, they're called, asset classes that many people have zero exposure to in their portfolio. And the biggest thing about them is you buy them for exactly this time right now because they help buffer on the downside. Yeah, they're non-correlated assets. Yes. So in our 70-30 portfolio, not to get too technical, there'd be 70% equities not 30% bonds, but 20% bonds and 10% alternatives. Correct, yeah. And it is the alternatives right now that are making our portfolios uh, outperform yeah. many other portfolios. Bo- boosting, yeah, correct. Yeah. And so we're, we're going back to the question here about uh, what are we doing? Well, 
the most of the things most of the things you want to be doing is actually uh, not doing too much. Yeah, right. <laughs> doing nothing. Well, not nothing. I mean, like you said, I mean, you could rebalance downwards, right, into yeah. buying. So in other words, folks, rebalancing, if you're not doing that now, uh, could be a good time to do that. What are you doing? You're selling some of your uh, bond positions that have not fallen as much, and you're buying more stocks as they're lower. Mm-hmm. Uh, so rebalancing, as you can do that across all account types, IRAs, Roth IRAs, individual. you got to be a little careful on the individual side because uh, the next piece, which is tax loss harvesting, mm-hmm. okay, and that's something you can do on your taxable accounts. And so there are things that are being done to take advantage of the markets, and there's also you know things you shouldn't be doing, like going to cash and waiting for the, ni- the right time to buy back in. Now, if you have cash, let's say you have cash, and they want to get back into the market. You could dollar cost average into the market. Let's say you've got a hundred grand. Well, put in twenty grand a month for the next five months. Mm-hmm. Just don't dump it in all at once. So if the market goes down, well, and it's going. not a bad. I mean, if you already know you're down twenty percent, and yeah, it could go down thirty percent. Uh, but either way, you're buying in at uh, while the market's down twenty, and you're gonna over the next two to three to five years. But if you're a little worried about it going down further, that's where the dollar cost averaging, mm-hmm. where you buy in systematically comes into play because it takes the emotions out of it. You're not waiting for the market to drop further. You're being very systematic about it and approaching it in a smart, uh, disciplined manner. Yeah. And the last piece I want to add on this, uh, Gabriel, is folks, so many of our portfolios, because we're holistic and we're not biased towards the market or insurance products, but many of our portfolios have fixed index annuities in it or MIGAs, multi-year guarantee annuities. So if you look at your portfolio as a whole, not just the equity portion, but the equity plus annuity portion, in the annuity portion, the market could do, could go down 30%, but it doesn't lose anything. So if your equities go down 30% and the other half of your portfolio doesn't go down at all, the total portfolio is only down 15%. Yes. very Yeah, very important to look at that from a total allocation perspective. If you're a client of ours that you know happens to own an annuity, those are going to be generally very safe. Uh, funny, I mean, not, in hindsight, you know, a lot of people – when we would discuss annuities and and we're you know folks we're fans we talk about that not for everybody we get that but we would say hey annuities are like bonds but safer and people would be no no my bonds they don't go down in value and we say well <laughs> they can <laughs> they have in the past and this is an example of where bonds generally you know they they most of the time are safe but they do have risk and so that's uh that's where that annuity can be a very good bond alternative still in today's environment right they they if you look at the recovery potential of bonds an annuity might still be a good uh, fit for that portion because you can get better upside you return without the the risk of the interest rates rising yep. yeah yeah so. i was i was just thinking gabriel i don't want to complicate things but we could we should do a section on getting income from a dividend portfolio at some point mm. because that's a very popular theme. Uh, in fact, I had a client ask me, well, I've got $2 million. Why don't I just buy you know, a dividend portfolio that will give me 3% and I got all my income? <clears throat> and you know, that's called a dividend approach, and we take what's called a total return approach. Um, I don't want to go down that road now, but let's do a section on that sometime. Yeah, we definitely should. And so, guys, there's a lot there, right, in the market, a lot of questions, a lot of things happening. The final one is, you know, as everyone always <laughs> always likes to ask, well, how much further do we have to go? 
right? When's the market going to turn around? When's the recovery coming? And we say this over and over on the on the show here, but our crystal ball isn't any better than anybody else's. We're just smart enough to say that, I think, as opposed to these big investment bank firms that continue to kind of imply that they have a crystal ball that's continuously proven wrong. So if, if you have a forecast that's inaccurate 50% of the time, do you even rely on that forecast? Not me. I don't. Uh, I, you know, I think it's a little crazy. So we basically take the approach, you know, we don't know what the market weather is going to look like tomorrow or the next day or a week after. Uh, if you really wanted us to make a guess, I'd say there's probably a little bit more downside room here uh, to go. But that doesn't mean you should, again, you know, make big sweeping changes based on uh, that potential. Gabriel, what was the name? What is the name of it uh, in baseball when you go by the statistic, statistics? Moneyball. Moneyball. Yeah. Yeah. So treat your portfolio like Moneyball. In Moneyball, there was this whole movie on how they use statistics to decide what to do on the field rather than the gut feeling of the manager. And that turned out to be a winning, uh, a winning strategy. And what we do is we use statistics. We take our emotions out of it. But guess what? Gabriel and I have the same emotions that you have. So do all the portfolio managers at Savant. When the market goes down, everybody gets concerned. And the immediate reaction is to do something. So what we all do is go to the money ball, go to the statistics, because that's what works over time. Right. And there's a there's a method to the approach uh, to the uh, craziness in the markets uh, that allows us to stay disciplined. And I think that's very important. We're not making emotionally charged guesses as to what you should sell or buy like some active managers might. And for for most of our clients, they understand that. And, and certain clients, they don't want a advisor that says that. They want the guy that, you know, tells them they can pick only the winners and avoid losers. But be careful there, folks, because remember, nobody has that crystal ball. And, and any advisor that's telling you, oh, I'm selling these five and I'm buying these other five because I know they're going to recover, they don't know. You know, so just uh, be careful out there because it's a little little crazy. In, well, in the you market. got the guy on TV yeah. who yells at you all the time, Kramer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he's yelling, I'm 50%. I'm mostly in cash now. I'm, uh, you know, this market's going to, and then I'm going to buy in. I, good luck. You well, know, good luck. So what, uh, what takeaways do we have here? Guys, we're here for you, I think is number one from my perspective. If you have concerns, you want to talk about your portfolio, if you have any um, you know, need to review what's your in your asset allocation or uh, the time horizons. Anything we can do to give you more peace of mind in these challenging markets is what we're here for. Let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah. give us a call. We're, Let's we're here. Let's get your four, questions four, answered. 847-499. I keep interrupting you. You, you just did it again. I know. Half. Okay, 847-499-3330 or go to sglfinancial.com, click contact us. And How's your leg? Your knee. <clears throat> Excuse me. You inter- you know you interrupt. I, was I did it again. You did. Sorry, folks. Uh, so I was going to say, uh, now I forgot what I was going to say. Anyways, yes, we're here for you. So give us a call. Give us a holler. What, so How what, is your knee? My knee is getting better. Yeah, getting better. It's it's slow. You're still on your crutches. Well, because um, I am not quite ready to be fully weight-bearing. I feel like I can be. Mm-hmm. But every now and then I get a little twitch in the knee and makes me worried that if I didn't have the crutches, if it gave out or something. I don't know. Got it. That was a ligament. 
Uh, ACL. ACL. Yes. So, folks, so uh, we were talking this morning, and Gabriel turned on a uh, video of them doing an ACL surgery. Go ahead. Well, yeah. Uh, it's not for the the faint of heart. <laughs> it's something I just randomly... I was, I was researching something because my leg has a little nerve pain <laughs> from the surgery, and I was trying to look up if that's normal, which apparently it is. And I found a video of uh, on YouTube of... of Guys doing a uh, doctors, not guys, but just doctors doing a ACL surgery. And uh, if Pretty you're ever thinking of getting an ACL surgery, don't, don't watch this first. Don't watch the video. <laughs> it's just, I was like, oh my gosh! Like they're, tr- I mean, it's like your leg looks like a piece of meat they're just chopping into, and well, the like, you know how you carve up a turkey for for Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> yeah. like well, the that. operating room looks like a work shed with drills and hammers oh and gosh. saws. Oh and my everything. gosh. It's real. It's really weird. Well, the good news, guys, I would like to end it with positive, you know, outlooks on things. The weather has finally turned here. It's beautiful. a nice sunny yeah. day. It's been a beautiful sunny week. It is the summer approaching. I hope my hope for you is you don't let the market put a damper on your plans and your outlook and don't let it worry you too much and if it starts to worry you too much call us here okay so 847-499-3330 or go to sglfinancial.com and we'll see you back on our 100th episode Can't next wait. time which Can't we'll wait. we'll try to think what we Something can do that's special. unique something special. is going to be special i don't want to promise it'll be too special but maybe we'll come up with something cool like it All right. Well, have a wonderful day, guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Stay well, everybody. Bye now. Thanks for listening to Our Two Cents with Steve and Gabriel Lewitt. For any questions about your finances, give SGL a call at 847-499-3330 or visit us on the web at sglfinancial.com. And be sure to subscribe to join us on next week's episode. Insurance and other financial products are offered separately through individually licensed and appointed agents.